You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here, and man, we've we've reached that point. It is uh, it is now time to start preparing for that for those real games. Yeah, we're under a week away from the first official kickoff of the regular season for Wilson football in 2022, and we're going to preview that game. And every other game on the Wilson schedule this season, 10 regular season games. But Justin and I are not going to do it all by ourselves. We've brought in a guest, the one and only Paul Roberts. Paul, thanks for joining us here tonight. Yeah, good to be with you. I won't even bring up the fact that your Dolphins oh, cost me money last <laughs> night with a missed 46-yard field goal that I see high school kids make every Friday. Yes, Seth. Won't I, even mention that. I do appreciate that being the first thing we discussed <laughs> when you walked in the door. And then I believe the second thing was the Phillies choking today. So it's been a banner um, few minutes, a few days, few years or decades for the, the teams I'm a fan yeah, of. I was going to say, I think you sent me – we got sent that. Uh, thing about like winning percentages like all time versus the last 10 years yeah and, like, the, the stock the of the dolphins yeah, dropping yeah, yeah that was fantastic when you sent it to me when i read it i was like oh no i knew exactly what you were referencing before i even read the context of the rest of the of the message and your take on it yeah. kind of looks like my 401k <laughs> <laughs> yes i believe we can all say the same thing unfortunately but i have been known to many times over the years on social media uh post that the wilson football team is the only one that allows me to maintain my rooting interest sanity because um it's been a rough decade for everything else that i've enjoyed um, yep. <laughs> Penn State's had its moments from time to time, but they never seem to be able to take that next step. Uh, and the Dolphins, Flyers, and Phillies have been, I mean, it's pretty much pathetic. So Wilson football <laughs> has been like the source of my, uh, like they're like my namaste. Like they're like the, 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 the yoga. And it's just, you know, I'm just like, this is all is right in the world because I can count on, uh, on Wilson football picking me up. And we hope the same is true in 2022, uh, but things are going to get started with a bang here real quickly. August 26th, that's this Friday, Wilson opens the season against Roman Catholic. But before we preview that, we do want to do our housekeeping here. I uh, want to mention our sponsors. I want to thank Mays Sandwich Shop and my dad, Bill Mays, for being the presenting sponsor as always. Appreciate uh, the commitment from the Sandwich Shop. And the help that they provide. Uh, in addition to them, the Hop family and uh, up to five anonymous donors now. And uh, right. we, we we thank them. I would love to shout out their name, but they prefer me not to do that. So I will I will respect their wishes. But uh, Justin and I are very thankful for their contributions. And then uh, today, getting back on board with us here at the Bulldog Hour was uh, Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com. Right. So appreciate everyone 
helping us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. it. It goes a long way to help offset the costs incurred uh, every year to help make and produce the show and attempt to better our remote broadcast, which we got to participate in today, which was really fun. And we're going to get to that momentarily. But if you would like to help us out here at the program, there are ways you can do that. In addition to the sponsorships, advertising, and the in-kind donations, visiting BulldogHour.com is a great uh, thing to do just because it'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Wilson football, um, both past, present, and even future. And I actually have to respond to an email today that someone found the site and wanted to do the exact same thing for another team. I didn't get to respond to him, but I'm looking forward to uh, conversing about what what I've done over the last yeah. few years uh, yeah. for BulldogHour.com. Yeah, and it's a great resource to find stuff on the team, uh, past teams, the show, all kinds of stuff. So, um, And also, Justin's favorite thing to help us out. Yeah, like and share. You like uh, what you hear or what you see. Uh, you like seeing us at the games or seeing our take on the games and the interviews uh, with the players, all that stuff. Um, share it and and let us know, let others know, and uh, that just helps us spread the word. And I don't have a slide for this. I forgot to update it, but the live shows, I mean, you should be used to what happens now as we're in season. Every week, every Sunday night, Justin and I will be here to recap the games uh, that just occurred and the ones that are coming in the pipeline. So make sure you are paying attention to the Bulldog Hour on all social media, bulldoghour.com, and tuning in here uh, normally every Sunday evening at this time as we uh, look to uh, recap what's been happening with uh, with the Bulldogs to date. And uh, we have, let's check out the schedule here that we're going to dissect here. But um, we're now, top, first three things, Justin, all gone. Yeah. We're, we're done with that. Well, it's over. <laughs> we were on the way home yesterday, and you were like, Oh my gosh, football season's almost over. <laughs> like, you know, that that joke, we, we were saying it kind of jokingly, but I immediately thought when you said that, I was like, you joke about it, but we're halfway through the first column. Right. No, <laughs> so, exactly. And, and by the show next week, we'll be more, we'll be two thirds of the way through the first column of, of the schedule. So, um, and, and when you look at it, really that first column and second column and the top of the third column are the only guarantees, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it goes quick. Uh, last thing before we get to that schedule and break down each team, I do want to uh, give a, a shout out, congratulations, and a thank you to uh, Cam Jones and his family for welcoming Justin and I out this afternoon to take part in his uh, commitment decision. Uh, he, he chose what college he was going to continue his academic and athletic career and uh, wanted us to stream it. So we went out there and uh, streamed it live as he made his decision. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Like almost the entire Wilson football team and staff was there. Oh, a lot of people uh, there, right? A lot of uh, you know, he's a multi-sport athlete, so his other coaches were there and and teammates. It was a big event. A lot of people there to uh, support him. And Cam Jones ended up selecting Holy Cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is cool. A few years ago, uh, Cam Magalotti decided to go there. Football player. He's there playing for lacrosse now, but uh, a lot of Wilson flavor up in uh, Worcester, right? Worcester, yeah, Massachusetts. So. so congratulations. Congratulations to Cam. I do have a whole bunch of uh, images posted online in the album. You can check that out. It was a really cool event, and I uh, just want to congratulate and thank Cam and the Jones family once again for having us out. Holy Cross, good program, too. They won 10 games last season and ended up uh, losing in the second round of the FCS playoffs to Villanova 
in a close game. I think it was 21-16, but I think they were 10-3 and three well, last year. And I thought, you know, browsing through their social media today to try to get all the information I could and then tag them in the announcement, have they won the Patriot League three years in a row? Yeah, they, it's, it's really good uh, football. And they, they recruit in Berks County. Like, I, I see a lot yeah. of Berks County kids that may not go there, but they'll have an offer from from Holy Cross. So um, they're doing a good job in this in this area of, of finding you know some players. Excellent done, and uh, they're getting a, a dynamic athlete in Cam Jones, uh, one that'll be interesting to see how he integrates into the program. I don't know. I didn't get to speak to Cam. I wanted to have an interview with him, but he was busy, you know, thanking and talking to everyone. Didn't want to interrupt him, so we'll talk to Cam after one of the wins here in the next few weeks. And just ask him, you know, about his decision to go to Holy Cross. And I don't even know if they were recruiting him as an offensive or defensive player, which I would love to find out. Yeah, I think, I think it's defensive back. I, th- I think most schools are looking at him as a corner. Yeah. So uh, we will find out from him as soon as possible. But let's uh, look, uh, take a little bit of a wider look now about at the Wilson football team and primarily their opponents over the next ten weeks, Paul. And up first here this Friday, August twenty sixth. The Bulldogs will be at home at Gursky, but they're playing an unknown opponent in Roman Catholic. But the stats and primarily the offers that these players have for the Cahillites. Am I saying that right? Cahillites? Is uh, that right? I think it's Kaolites. Kaolites. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I can always count on you for the proper pronunciation. <laughs> well, we, basketball we wise, <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen yes. them before. I mean, their basketball tradition is, is <laughs> phenomenal. And now they're starting to get it. You know, uh, a multitude of big-time football players as yes. well. So Roman Catholic is first on the schedule. And before we can even get to the football game, I want to make sure we remind everyone that before the game at 6.30, the school district will be honoring longtime Wilson athletic trainer Doc Moyer. Again, that's before the game at 6.30. And there's also a post-game reception after the game at P.J. Wellahan. So uh, make sure you're out there early and then join us later to honor Doc Moyer before the game this Friday against Roman Catholic. So, all right, Paul, hit us with some information on Roman Catholic and what we can expect to see this Friday at Gursky. Uh, the first thing I would say is uh, throw out the record. Uh, people are going to say, well, they were three and seven. Okay. Uh, let's do a little bit of a deeper dive. Take a look at who they played last year. I mean, you know, when, when you're in the Philadelphia Catholic League, the same is true for, for basketball. The teams that they play, almost all of them are really good. So I hope fans don't say, well, these guys were three and seven last year. They must stink. Uh, they have talent. Um, they're going to have speed, I mean, they have a half dozen kids that have uh, Division One offers, some of them from big-time programs, power conference programs. Now, I will say this. I saw Why Missing play Newman Goretti in the state playoffs last year, and Newman Goretti was very similar in that they had a handful of kids with D1 offers, and Why Missing destroyed them. I mean, it was, it was not even a game. Um, now, that was a little bit more, I think, to do with scheme and that I don't think Coretti was really well coached up on how to stop a wing tee. And uh, if you're not prepared for that offense, it, it can be tricky, even though it's a very old school um, offense. Uh, Imhotep Charter, I, I, you know, they've, they've had 
numerous D1 players over the years. Why Missy knocked them off um, the year they won the state championship. So, um, you know, sometimes uh, we get so caught up in who has these offers. I mean, Bishop McDevitt every year, it seems, has, has like, you know, six to eight guys that are supposedly, you know, major conference player. They, they do again this year. Um, sometimes it seems like in the playoffs they, they come up a little bit short. But they're, they're definitely going to be talented. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like they're, they're starting to bring in some, some more kids here. But uh, they're going to have speed. So I, th- I think the secondary for Wilson is going to be uh, tested in this one. Uh, and, you know, it's the first week. I know Coach Doms always harps on special teams. You know, uh, just things you take for granted. You know, getting punts off, making extra points, covering kicks. Things like that, uh, where maybe all your starters aren't on the field for special teams, um, and against a team that has speed, um, you know that that return game certainly Wilson has shown that with with Cam Jones. What did he have seven kick return touchdowns yeah, seven last and a couple year, yeah. were called back too. Right, right. Um, you know, it was just I don't know that I've ever seen a kick return year like Cam had. Um, who, by the way, great kid. I've interviewed him many times and his brothers as well. And uh, just a humble kid, uh, just really nice, nice kid. Heck of an athlete, real good basketball player too. But uh, feel good that that he's headed to a good program there in, in Holy Cross. So uh, this is this is going to be an interesting test, not just because it's week one, but there, there's certainly you know talent on this Roman Catholic roster. Yeah, it's. Um... It's going to be a tough go. I mean, it's a rough start to the season. Although Wilson's kind of used to that. They've had a lot of week one opponents that are, are really strong over the years. They have been Mifflin for a while. Then it kind of shifted the Central Dolphin. So the only real difference is I don't know that either team, while they've had a lot of blue chip prospects, I don't know that I've ever seen a list like this, uh, what um, Roman Catholic is bringing to Gursky. So um, I think the big one, the one that people talk about the most, is their the two-way tight end defensive end, Jameel Lyons, the four-star from going to Penn State. He's ranked fourth in the state of Pennsylvania last I saw. Um, then there's a couple others that are committed to D1 schools and then a bunch of others that have D1 offers. The one that stood out to me was the junior wide receiver, Tysir Denmark, who has offers from schools like you may have heard of them, uh, Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oregon, Penn State. Um, he's the number two ranked prospect in 20, the 2024 class. Like I said, he's only a, he's only a junior. Um, and Ash Roberts, who's another receiver, just got an offer from Penn State. Okay. So th- that's what I'm talking about. On the outside, um, you know, Cam obviously – you know, it's, is a corner that that's proven, but they're going to be tested on the outside. Yeah, and then the other one was a Kentucky commit uh, offensive tackle Austin Ramsey, who I was told actually came up in the Bulldogs youth program before mm. moving down to uh, Philadelphia and going to Roman Catholic. So um, those are just a few names, but there's a massive list that I prepared that we could talk for the next five minutes about what Roman Catholic has coming returning and also the star power and potential that colleges see in a lot of these guys. Um, so it's going to be a test. It's, it's a huge test. I know it had been a few years that Wilson had been talking with Roman Catholic about getting on the schedule. And I, I know the coaches kind of uh, exhaled deeply when Doug said this was the year that Roman Catholic would be on the schedule because it, they look to put together quite the team uh, the, the group of individuals here that have 
Power Five or at least D one offers is unlike anything that I can remember a Wilson program facing, uh, at least in the regular season. Yeah, I was gonna say it may go back. I, I remember um, when when the team and it might have been their junior year. I'm not or the senior year. I forget, but when the team with like Mason McElroy and those guys played Pittsburgh Central Catholic. I was just gonna mention that. Final. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a bunch of those kids in class that year, like Tommy O'Brien and Elliot Bob and Mason, like and so like just hearing their insight and some of those things from that year and it was just like it was Well that that, that entire a, offensive line right. committed division right. one. And they were that that was a really good Wilson team and those are really good athletic Wilson kids and they were just talking like it was I mean, Mason had a great career at, at Kutztown, mm-hmm. a, a good Division two program. Yeah, and he was just talking. He's like, "These kids, it was just something else, man." Like, you know, now that was what, like seven, eight years ago now, probably. But six, it, oh. don't make us that old. Come on. <laughs> well, I am old, so it's starting to, it's starting to all go together. So. Yeah. The, um, so. Roman Catholic has linebacker Jason Patterson, an offer from Bowling Green. Quarterback Jonathan Ingram, offer from Kent State. Defensive back Julian Green, offers from Boston College or West Virginia. Uh, I, Paul mentioned wide receiver and defensive back Ash Roberts has a Penn State offer. Wide receiver defensive back Samir Mosley has a Boston College offer. Um, and defensive back Mikey Preston has offers from Penn State and West Virginia. And those are just the kids who had the big-time school offers. There's a whole bunch of returning uh, players on here that – that have other offers, but just didn't stand out against all the other ones on here. The returning running back, Mal Howell, a uh, wide receiver, Jameer Robertson, linebacker, defensive Jordan Montgomery, right, running back, linebacker, Brandon Mack, who was, you know, an award winner uh, is back again. They have, they're returning so much town. I believe it's at least seven players in offense and defense. Um, so that's, what's uh, coming to Gursky Friday night. I think it's probably fair to say, if you're just looking at talent, this is going to be the most talented team that Wilson plays all year. Probably, I, I don't think it's uh, going out on a limb to say that. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I mean, it certainly when you look at it, they'll, they'll play some good teams, and we'll get to that. But talent wise, like yeah. there aren't there aren't schools on the schedule that that stack up to that. And credit to Wilson, they always go out and play an extremely tough non league schedule. And I've I've always believed, regardless of the the sport that you're talking about, uh, when you get to the postseason. It doesn't help if you've been winning all your games by 20, 30, 40 points. Like that that doesn't get you ready for anything. You you want to be in tight games. You know, I, I think to me it's better to lose a game by three, six, you know, touchdown than to win by thirty-five or or forty or fifty. Because what do you take out of that game? You know, you're not improving by playing those type of teams. So I, I always tip my cap to programs like Wilson that go out and, and, you know, play these teams. I think of Reading high basketball too. I mean, they, um, you know, they, they take on all comers and we've certainly seen what they're able to do in the postseason. And then when they get in the postseason, even if they're going up against a, a Philly team, like we saw in the state final with Archbishop Wood, who had a handful of Division One players? The, the Reading kids were never intimidated because of the you know the schedule that that they've gone through. So uh, credit to Wilson again, and you know I, they're never going to be uh, unprepared. <laughs> I mean the coaching staff just has been around, uh, you know Coach Doms and 
Uh, Coach Walber with the defense and Coach Palm, you know, with the offense. These guys have been around for so long. Uh, Wilson's always going to be prepared. You know, they, they may have games where they don't play well, uh, but I, I think they're always going to be prepared. This is a little bit tougher because you don't have any game film, you know, unless you're going back to last year. Right. Um, you know, so you it's it's not like it's week five or six when you can you look, look at like the past couple games. Yeah, so it's a big one at Gursky again this Friday night. They're honoring Doc Moore before the game. It's also youth night, so both the uh, Bannery and Lincoln Park and Southern and West Middle School players will be there to support the team. And uh, it's just a big game overall to kick off this 2022 season. And then it continues in week two as Wilson will head to Harrisburg to take on Central Dolphin. And this has been an annual rivalry series, only missing uh, since 2014, I believe the only time it was missed was with COVID year in 2020. So uh, this is one that is always an interesting one. Uh, it's the 13th overall meeting between the Bulldogs and the Rams. Central Dolphin does have a series lead, which you can't say too many programs that Wilson has played um, you know, more than maybe two times have a, a lead over the Bulldogs. Central Dolphin is one of them. Uh, they lead at 7-5, to five, but the Bulldogs have won the last two in the series, including last year at Gursky, uh, the opening game, August 27th with the Bulldogs holding on to win 27 to 21. Uh, you have to go back to 2018 at Landis, you know, home of the CD Rams and, and CD East for the last central dolphin win in the series, which was August 24th, 2018 by the score of 23 to seven. So Paul central dolphin, it's a familiar foe for the Bulldogs in the last decade. What do we expect from the Rams this year? Always going to be well coached. You know, I talk about Wilson being prepared. Coach McNamee, I mean, he's a pleasure to talk with before the games because a lot of coaches will give you numbers and, you know, they'll say that number 17 or that number 62 is really good. Coach McNamee knows first name, last name. He can give you stats uh, like awards that the kids had, what schools they're going to. You know, I mean, it's... um, he, he is very, very thorough in his preparation for games. And they're always a very physical team. Like, you, you know when you've played Central Dolphin. I'm sure a lot of opponents say that about Wilson. I mean, they, uh, they're going to come out. They're not going to be intimidated. They're, they're going to, to hit you. Now, Mosey, the quarterback, graduated. And I, I really finally, yeah, I know. I felt like he was there forever. A four year starter, I believe, he, or at yeah, least three. He, he was so crafty. You know, he, he's a classic case of a really, really good high school player, but just didn't have the measurables to get bigger offers. But um, what he could do, buying time, scrambling around, you know, running around back there, uh, I didn't think their skill position players were great a, a season ago. Um, but with him at quarterback, he just kind of had a knack of making things happen. And that, that game got close, um, as, as Joe mentioned, ended up 27-21. Now, I went back and, and looked at their roster from last year. They only had 59 players on their roster, which for Central Dolphin is That's down. really low. And 19 were seniors. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they lost uh, quite a bit from you're talking about a third of their roster was gone from a year ago and the quarterback in Mosey. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year. Coach Doms, when I, when I interviewed him a little while ago, he said that, that 
they were loaded this year. Um, you know, we'll we'll see uh, who, what happens at the quarterback position because I, I really thought Mosey did did so much for that team and he kept them in it. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, he could just make things happen. You know, I, I don't know that they had the typical talent around him. It would have been scary if they had you know a big time receiver, a big time running back to go with him. A, a year ago, but you know they're going to be well coached. They're going to be tough. You know they'll, they'll play hard. Yeah, we always talk about with Central Dolphin. I know that game is going to come down to you're going to need to be able to drive the ball against them without making a mistake, which is hard to do in high school football. Mm-hmm. Like if if you have to drive ten plays or more, there's probably going to be something, either a sack or a bad snap or a holding or, or something. Some, yeah, some that's penalty gonna set you back, and then you're going to have to punt, and then they're willing. To drive 15 plays against you. Eat up and, that clock. And run it down your throat. Yeah. And, and and then run that play action to the tight end as they do, you know, every time. Right down the middle, streaking down the middle. And it, you know what you're going to get, and it's still no easier to stop. Yeah. You know, they, it, it's, it's really tough. They usually play games very close to the vest. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, they're fine winning 13 to 10. Yep. They're not looking for style points, you know. I mean that that hasn't been even when they've had really really good teams, they just kind of grind it out. Yeah, that game last year was wacky because it was first game of the year Friday night, and it, that rain came through mm-hmm. and just pounded, pounded, pounded. And then we were trying to figure out we were waiting it out. Are we playing tonight? We're coming back tomorrow. There was a there was a time that. Central Dolphin might be forfeiting. It was really, really weird. Well, it ended up being played, I think, at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. There was, like, something with SATs going on. It, w- it was just a mess. So, I'm hoping that we can avoid rainstorms on Friday nights <laughs> or this one random Saturday afternoon we'll get to in a few minutes. Because um, that that I hate that when the weather comes into play like that. Um, so, the, the next game on the Bulldog schedule is Friday, September 9th, back at Gersky. And Wilson will flip-flop weekly, home and away. So, there's a home game one week, then it's away the next week, and that continues all the way through the 10 weeks. But back at Gursky on Friday, September 9th, and that will be uh, the Wilson Football Tradition Club's annual championship team re- reunion, and that will be for my senior team from 2002 this year. Uh, so I just want to remind the uh, fans to come out and support that. And Congrats, hopefully, old man. <laughs> and hopefully many of my teammates uh, – We'll be able to attend. If you would like to, make sure you contact me or email wilsonbulldogsfootball at gmail.com to uh, RSVP. Those RSVPs are due by August 31st. So again, anyone from the 2002 team, not just the seniors, all the all the, all the uh, the players, any of the coaches, uh, whoever was a part of that team, please uh, let me know if you're able to make it, and hopefully a lot of you can attend. Uh, but the opponent is a familiar one because the first ever meeting happened last year at Gursky. So Martin Luther King has come out again for a gold out night at Gursky. Uh, Wilson won the game last year, 50 to eight. And Martin Luther King said they would like to come back this season. So that's where we're at with that. Um, the Cougars are led by head coach Malik Jones. They, they struggled a bit last year to a one and seven record. They play week one against Belmont charter. Um, yeah, they, but there, there are a couple factors yeah. that don't get taken into account in that, in that picture. Like, they essentially didn't have a season the year before because of COVID, like at all. So that puts you in a tough spot. And the year before that, they did pretty well. I think they were 9-1. And the Philadelphia Public League changes your section or division, whatever they call it, 
yearly based on how you did the year before. They essentially have relegation, like in right. European soccer. So they got bumped up to a higher level, didn't have a season, then end up playing. You know, you're think about it, your tenth graders were now the seniors without playing a junior season. It's really tough. Um, and I think they went back down because of last year. They're back down into the section they had been in. Like it was just a tough spot for them, but you know they're they're going to be they're 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 probably going to build on what they were able to get last year. Um, yeah. So well, and we saw that they have a lot of talent on yes, that team yes, uh, across the board. Uh, it's it just it, looked like a team that hadn't gotten a lot of football over the last two years, right? That's exactly what it was. And they, now they're ready to go again. Yeah. I mean, they're returning a bunch of players. Um, their big big name guys are uh, Khalid Bueno, uh, tight end, defensive end. And then wide receiver, defensive back, Safi Reed, offensive line and defensive lineman, Tief Ward, defensive back, Amir Muhammad, running back, linebacker, Kasir Wimber, and uh, the big one, the running back, Shamir Norton, uh, who um, is a really good player. If you've ever seen any of his film, you can check that on a, on Huddle or YouTube. But they had a lot of talent, a lot of athletic ability on the field last year. They just couldn't get it all together. But the their program is trending in the right direction. And it'll be interesting to see what they're able to bring uh, to the Gursky Stadium turf on Friday, September 9th. Quick side note, uh, and thanks to Kevin Venino, former Bulldog, for helping me out with this. Max Mosey's at Holy Cross, where Cam Jones is going. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, that's a nice that's a little cool tidbit there. That's a cool connection. I yeah. did, did not realize that. They so. also list him at 6'1". I which, think that's uh, a little high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been sending um, the Wilson roster that I was provided by the coaching staff that is not up to date. Um, and everyone I sent it to remarked about the heights and weights. I'm like, listen, that's every those year. are yeah. never right. <laughs> uh, it's usually people saying there's no way that guy's that tall. But actually, a lot of them were like, when are these weights from? You know, these players have <laughs> like their sophomore that, like, year. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, look, be happy that the names are spelled correctly and the numbers are right, which, spoiler, the numbers are not right anymore because numbers have already changed. So I'll have to get an updated one out to everyone. But yeah, don't go by the heights and weights. Trust me, they're not correct. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm just wanting to make sure everyone knows that. Don't go by that. But, you know, college athletes or prospective college athletes and the coaching staffs are all complicit in trying to bump up those numbers. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. most of the heights, especially people like to add on about two inches, I think, uh, maybe more just to make it look like they, uh, maybe are more recruitable, but I'm not sure measurables are, should be the be all end all in yeah. that, in that regard. But, um, this is not a recruiting podcast, but uh, check out Go Big Recruiting if you're interested. <laughs> I think Paul can give a plug for, uh, yeah. for Ross's yeah, site. Yeah, they sponsor so. my website. I know Ross real well. He was calling the Eagles preseason yeah. game. He does all those games. I've, I've never met a human being in my life that gets more excited for preseason football than Ross. I would have to agree. I to agree. I mean, he just uh, – he loves it. But, you know, it's funny because when we talk – and a lot of times, if he's coming back from a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, um, it's always about high school football. You know, <laughs> he always is asking me, and not just why I'm missing. Like, he follows Wilson, Governor Mifflin, Exeter, all the – and that's what he always asks me about. We really talk very little about the NFL. He, he, he always asks me, you know, who did you see this week and uh, up-and-coming players and things like that, so – 
Yeah, he's still he's still really connected, um, obviously to why I miss him, but the whole Berks County area as far as high school football goes. Yeah, I listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast every day. Well, unfortunately, offseason, it's not every day. But I'm looking forward to being back to every day. But he constantly mentions high school football, Pennsylvania high school football, and especially Berks County. Uh, and, and he definitely remembers his uh, his roots. So it's always great to hear uh, him talk about that. I believe I'm going to be on the Even Money podcast oh, this Tuesday. Oh, yeah. so. special guest <laughs> appearance. We'll make sure that that one's at the top alert. of the feed. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe, putting it out there. Maybe you can not bring up the dolphins in the uh, thing again. Man, I've had I was telling Joe, I, I it's unreal the bad beats I've had this preseason. I mean and you know, people say, Well, why why are you betting on preseason games? If you can get major edges in preseason games because some teams play starters and some teams don't. Yeah. And you know, the Dolphins, for example, Tua was out there, Carr didn't play. That's a major edge. Um, but just things like Muff punts for touchdowns, punt returners getting stripped for touchdown, field goals. The wackiness. Off yeah. the upright, thanks to the Dolphins. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. So oh, um, Wilson plays just three non-league games at the beginning of the season before they dive into the new uh, 37-team Lancaster-Lebanon League. They're part of Section 1, welcoming a lot of the Burks teams in, and one of those joining the Bulldogs' uh, domain is Reading, which Wilson hasn't gotten to play now for close to a decade. The last meeting uh, was on September 13th, 2013, at Gursky that Wilson won 46-6, and it, Bulldogs actually got to christen the renovated uh, Gursky Stadium that night. That was the first game on the ner- new turf field. But overall, when Wilson heads to Reading this year on Friday the 16th, it'll be the 30th meeting. Wilson leads the series 24-5 to and has won the last 10 um, Redding has not won against the Bulldogs since the one that we shall not speak about on October 24th, 2003, when the James Bryant-led Red Knights beat Wilson 44-2. to uh, And But what Redding has not won at home, whatever they consider home, since October 16th, 1992. So it's been a long time since Redding has wow. beaten Wilson on their own turf. Um, yeah, Wilson-Redding back on the schedule. And the Red Knights have a new head coach. Paul, do you know much about the new head coach? Yeah, really good guy. I I think it was a great hire. Um, Troy Godaday played for them. You you mentioned those James Bryant teams. He was on those teams. Um, Obviously didn't get the same type of publicity, but was a very productive player. He was a really good linebacker. I think he had over 100 tackles. He was on the team that got to the... Uh, District 3 championship game, they ended up losing to Cumberland Valley. Um, James was not 100% in that game. I'm not saying they would have won anyway, but I mean, that team had Khalees Cook, Jason Paulson, uh, you know, James, but Troy Godinay was was on that team and was a really good player. And uh, the kids love him. Um, you know, he's going to be high energy. He's going to be a, a real positive guy. Um, Coach Doyle was from the Harrisburg area and, you know, not working in the school district. It's it's tough. That type of commute. Um, So I think this is a much better fit for for Redding High. And he did tell me back during basketball season when I think he was officially hired, I, I interviewed him and he mentioned they have a lot of young players coming up that he likes. I think in like ninth grade, 10th grade. 
Now, um, obviously, Amir Berdine is back. I think he's the 874th Berdine to go through <laughs> Redding High School. But uh, Amir is on the basketball team, but football is his his primary sport. He's more of a defensive stopper for the basketball team, doesn't score a whole lot. But he's back and, and he's healthy, so you'll see him at, at, at quarterback. And, um, you know, I'm not sure – how they're going to do this year. I mean, obviously they, they have, you know, struggled, but I, I do like the hire of, of the head coach. Yeah. You mentioned Amir Burdine. He's the big one that I had circled or coming back. And I believe, cause did he play much last year? Wasn't he injured? Yeah, there was. Yeah. 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 So he didn't get a lot of time last year with an injury, but I know he was a, an electric playmaker coming up through that system. Uh, they will miss uh, Deshaun Wilson, who graduated and had the highlight reel after highlight reel play last year. Didn't he score like six touchdowns in a game or something? Yeah, he was a real little guy too, Um, but he was strong. Uh, He was another uh, kid who played some basketball for them. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm I'm curious to see like who their playmakers are going to be around Amir Berdine. Yeah, because when I was trying to research what they have returning and who could be a star – uh, no real weapons jumped out to me, at least names on paper yet. A lot of them were linemen and linebackers or maybe defensive backs that could could show flash on, on offense. But um, I know uh, Coach uh, Godinet said that they want to build in the trenches and they have some young linemen coming up that they're very, very excited about their potential. But like you mentioned, first year, new system, new coach. It might new take league. them a new league. Yeah, it might take them a year or two to get – on the right footing. But like Justin and I said about a team we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, Hemfield, you get in that right coach and you can kind of uh, wake up a program that could be dominant. And I think that's where what Reading could get to if they have the right staff. And from what I've heard about Troy, he could be the guy. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, certainly Al Wolski figured it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they, they, they had really, really good teams going back even before – you know, the James Bryant team when uh, James was a freshman and they still had Lamar Stewart. And Sam. Right, and Sam Bryant there. So he had a really nice run before he moved on to State College. And I think if if they can start winning, then you get more kids to come out for the team. You know, that's that's the big key there um, is... Yeah, kids start seeing it. It starts becoming a thing that... Everybody wants to go and watch on Friday nights, and then younger kids want to play. And when they play, they start to play as they get older. Yeah, it, yeah. and so you know, I, I I wish for them some success this year. Not in, not against Wilson. Not but, on the sixteenth, but uh, yeah. like you know, I, I you know just to get that program going. I hope Troy is the guy. Just we, yeah. we remember that. We remember like when we were in high school, how good and how big that game was. That oh yeah, the that. We've talked about it a lot. The Reading Wilson game with the big comeback at Albright. Mm. That was the year I moved to Wilson. And my dad was like, do you want to go to the game? And I was like, sure, I'll go. <laughs> and I went to a small school where, yeah. we, you know, a huge crowd was like 2,000 people. This is a single A school. Yeah. Well, you go to this and there were 10,000 people there or whatever. And I, my mind was blown. <laughs> like I had never seen anything like that. In high school football. And 22 and, years later, here you are. Right. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> you know, so like it was just one of those things where, man, like that, what that series, and I'm not saying it, it's going to be that 
anytime soon, or even mm. that you can recreate it even if the teams get good. But like, it's just you know there's potential there. Yeah, I mean, and if, if they can get some positive momentum, it would be interesting to see what they can. Yeah, do. Their, their enrollment is gigantic. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's it's a matter of getting the athletes to come out and play football, and right. you know, football is a physically demanding sport, and I don't know many people like enjoy getting their butt kicked every week, you know, and then practicing. Right. But if you start winning, you know, then yeah. you have young kids who get more interested in the program. Yeah, winning cures all. Mm. Uh, so the next game on Wilson's schedule is back home at Gursky on Friday, the 23rd of September against Cedar Crest, a very common opponent. This will be the 64th meeting between Wilson and Cedar Crest, and the Bulldogs lead the series 56-6-1 with Wilson winning the last 18 games. Wilson won last year's meeting on October 15th at Cedar Crest, 49-24. And the last Cedar Crest win is much like we just recalled good moments from a Reading-Wilson rivalry in uh, the early 2000s. The last Cedar Crest win dates back to that same time period, and that is September 21st, 2001, at Gursky, where Cedar Crest shut out Wilson 21-0 and ended what I think was an eight-year undefeated run at home for the Bulldogs. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the, the Falcons are head coached by Rob Wildassen in his ninth season. Last year, they were 5-4, and four, uh, but they lost big running back linebacker, multi-year starter Aiden Richard. So, Paul... Can you tell us a little bit about the Falcons? Well, that's a huge loss. I mean, he was really good player for them. They do have their quarterback back. I mean, that's one of the first things that that I look for with with all high school teams. Do you have your quarterback back? If you do, I think you're you're way ahead of the game. Jay Huber is back. Uh, his numbers last year aren't going to wow you. Fifty four percent, thirteen touchdowns, nine picks, and keep in mind. Four touchdowns, 317 yards against Penn Manor. I mean, that that game really made his season. Um, if you take that game away, he had nine touchdown passes the whole year. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's, um, it, it's a game Wilson should win. Uh, they did end up, there was that log jam for second place yeah. last year. So they actually ended up tied for second with Township and and Hempfield, but and they played both those teams really tough. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a little bit when Wilson was sitting at two and three and you see what Cedar Crest and Penn Manor at that point have been doing. Like Cause Penn yeah. Manor had beaten Warwick. We were just scratching our heads like, what what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. It was there. There were some odd results in section one last year. Um, so, you know, for them to be over 500, they do have, uh, Nolan Groff back at wide receiver. He had 30 catches, four touchdowns a season ago. So, you know, some of the targets for Huber are, are uh, going to be back. Um, but I, I just, I don't think they're on Wilson's level. Yeah, well, and replacing Aiden Richards. Yes. I mean, he I mean, was he had, a he monster. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown last year. Yeah, he did. Us, right? and, he, and I believe he had a couple on the, he ended up getting hurt, I think, at the end of the third right, quarter right. and missed the end of the game. But uh, he was a, he was an incredible talent for them over the last few years. Yeah, you could see he was on a different level in that game. Like, mm-hmm. he just, he a, a lot on both sides of the ball revolved yeah, around him. That's right. Everything went through him. Uh, and an incredible, incredible talent, but he is gone. But like Paul said, they got they got some guys back, but uh, Richard's going to be tough to replace. All right, Paul, the next one's coming up here, the big one, the rivalry game <laughs> at 
at Mifflin again, second year in a row. We've talked about that a lot, so we don't need to repeat the, the ins and outs and the whys of that. But it is on Saturday, 74th meeting, if you count the games with Shillington. I know some people don't count the Shillington games, but I'm going by the official Wilson record book, and it counts Governor Mifflin and Shillington together. So this is the 74th meeting between the schools. Wilson currently leads um, 43-30, to 30, but Mifflin has won the last two. Uh, the last Wilson win was uh, August 30th, 2019 at Mifflin. And the last Mifflin win was just last year on September 3rd, also at Mifflin. So obviously the Mustangs are led by head coach Jeff Lang in his sixth season. And Mifflin had an incredible year last year, 10-1. and But they did lose the D3-5A championship to Exeter. But Mifflin will play Springford, a, a, a past Wilson opponent and uh, someone known to the Bulldogs in week one. Um, I don't know. Did Mifflin lose anyone, Paul? <laughs> um, I seem to recall they had a running back who was, I'd say, slightly above average okay. to good. <laughs> um, you know, I can't recall his name right now. Penn State fans, man. Um, yeah, they, but they here's the thing. And actually, uh, Coach Lang was just telling me today, I'm going to go to their practice tomorrow. Um, but they only have three starters back. So it's not just Nick Singleton. Right. Um, Aiden Martin's back, who committed to Monmouth. Uh, Michael Ford is back, who's a, a big defensive lineman who actually played in Wilson's youth program. He, he played for Lincoln Park. I'm aware, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he was at Burke's Catholic. And then last year, he was at Governor Mifflin, and he was playing. So he's going to be back. He's a, a young lineman to watch there. And uh, Clay Reynolds is a, a lineman who's back, and that's it. They have three starters back from last year's team. So I uh, you know, I saw Penn Live state rankings, and you know, they're, they try to do the best they can. But fans should know, a lot of those rankings are based on last year. Um, I, I don't do rankings like that because those kids are gone. So if one team has only three starters back, uh, yeah, sure, they, they the kids coming up may be good, but it's not the same team. It's not the same players. So, uh, you know, Martin's very good, and he, he's going to, you know, have to be the main guy. Now, McNeil did get time at quarterback say, a year ago. I was going to say, asterisk on that because McNeil, right. while he, you know. It but was he, wasn't a, he wasn't Eden Johnson. No. Eden Johnson's speed in their offense running the ball was, I, I think, what took them to a, an, another level. McNeil was a nice player, you know, basketball player. But he, do, he does have experience. Um, they also had a couple kids who started last year who did not come out for the team. Um, this season, so well, okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, so Tyler Minnick. Oh, he's is, not playing. He's not playing. He's okay. committed to UConn baseball. for baseball. Now, did he have an injury in the baseball season towards mm -hmm. the end of the baseball season? Yeah, yeah. so he he wasn't pitching uh, anymore. Right, right. Um, but he was still playing, uh, and then he he did play over the summer in the. Uh, Big twenty six. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he he homered. In I was that. gonna say he had a big game. <laughs> yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah. I mean, he's re he's really really good okay, baseball. So he's player. he's focused on on healing up and getting ready for right. baseball, which okay. is understandable. Yeah, yeah I you get know, it. Like, I just I knew that I knew that he had been on the team as a, a wide receiver, uh, defensive back. Yeah. So I didn't realize that he was not going to be playing for the Mustangs this and year. And then Aiden Young, who was a tight end, defensive end, uh, he's not. He's not coming out for the team, so um, it's it's 
It's not the same. T- I think Penn Live had him eighth in the state. In five um, A across yeah. the state. Okay, I wow. mean they had Exeter seven, and I uh, Exeter. If people think they're going to fall off the map, they lost a lot of good players. I mean Strauss went to Nova, Yoakum Division One player. Colin Payne is at Alvernia playing um, football and basketball. I just bumped into him this this past week. I think he said he was second already on their depth chart at at quarterback. Um, but Joey Schlaffer's still there, and uh, Lucas Plange is there. Um, it's, it's Anthony Cachese, you know, I mean, but anyway, so I, I think Exeter being seven, I'm fine with that. Governor Mifflin, number eight in the state. Um, you think they're reaching? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's too high. I mean, and I have a lot of respect for Coach Lang, and I, I'm sure they're going to be good, but 5A, you know, that's it's no joke. I mean, to be a top 10 team, I mean, Nick Singleton was a generational talent. We're never going to see a player like that again. I mean, with what he did, not just on the field, but the weight room number. I mean, he he is making people ooh and ah at Penn State. Right, he's what a, he's, he's a preseason All American. Yeah, with like, what he with yeah. what he's doing in in the weight room too as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, the, the kid was a physical freak of nature, uh, and um, I I don't know that we're ever going to. See, I know kids are getting bigger, faster, stronger. He was a combination of. Of everything, I mean, when he would tell me like what he was squatting and benching it, I mean, it was it was ridiculous for a high school player. So I, um, I think Mifflin's still going to be good, and their offense gives gives teams trouble. But when you have three starters back, um, you know, I mean, that's it's it's a much different much different team this year. It's also going to be really different playing them. What is it, week six? Yes, week yeah, six. week six instead like, of one or two. It had been one. It had been one for a while, and then it went to, to two to have it on Labor Day weekend, and that, and that was fine. Like, I understand that. But, like, week six is going to be so different because well, – We're going to have a lot more health issues. Right. There's There could be health issues up. But as you mentioned, too, like, with playing Roman Catholic week one, there, there's no film. You know, like, there, mm. there's no film. You have no idea, like, for either way there. But, you know, you start to get in that rhythm of seeing what teams like to do and stuff by week six, mm-hmm. you know. So – they will have that on Wilson. Wilson will also be able to see that on them. Yeah. Now, traditionally, there hasn't been a whole lot of surprise with with Memphis. Like they're, they're pretty clear about what they're going to do. Right? Yeah. And they just do it really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah um, you probably won't see thirty pass attempts from the from the Mustangs. That right. would surprise them. <laughs> that would surprise me. Yes. Yes. So. Um, give us plenty to talk about on that Sunday. <laughs> Paul, I very much appreciate your honesty and insight, especially for things we haven't covered. But as the texts from the coaching staff come in, you're not allowed to undersell the Mustangs on this show. <laughs> it, it's not okay to do that. Listen, that's a game. If, if you need to be motivated to play your arch rival, don't look at me. I mean, that, that's a you problem. If there's any kid in either of those locker rooms that's not up for that game, they probably shouldn't be playing. Okay? I mean, that, that that's about as easy of a game to get it. I mean, if you're like Martin Luther King, okay, you know, maybe not. Governor Mifflin Wilson probably should be, you know, yeah. like, like I don't think when Alabama plays Auburn, I don't think Nick Saban's thing, hmm, I wonder if my kids are up for this game. <laughs> you know, Michigan plays Ohio State. You know, I don't think Coach Harbaugh's thing, hmm, I wonder if we'll have a letdown against the Buckeyes, you know. Well, hopefully there's no letdown the week after Mifflin because Wilson gets to welcome in Hempfield and, uh, 
It's a, it's a tough yeah. one. It's, it is going to be homecoming night, Hall of Fame induction night for the, uh, the Wilson Sports Hall of Fame. Pink out. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big game. So 40th meeting between the programs. Wilson leads 29 to 10 and has actually won the last 16 against mm. Hempfield, if you can believe that. Good nugget there. Wilson won last year at Hempfield 28-21. And the last Hempfield win came back on October 21st, 2005 at Hempfield 56 to 28. So that that's uh it's not often you see a Wilson team have 50 points dropped on them. Yeah. And that happened back in 2005, and that was Hempfield's last win. There's been some nail biters in that. In that oh, time, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like they've all been at Hempfield, which is why I'm happy that this one is at Wilson. Yes. Um, so the Black Knights. I also Knights, get nervous looking at that stand on the home, on the away stands. They have that, like, pedestal on top of the press box <laughs> that you could climb up to. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen it, Paul. It's like this. It's this old platform. That you, but you'd have to crawl. We're on top of the press box there on the away side. You have to crawl out the back over nothing. And then you could go up to this little platform. It's tempting, but not that tempting every time. Like, I said that. They'll have to take it down now. You know, like, cause, that could be an, an extra show for you guys. Press box reviews. Oh, kind of oh. like tuck spreads. Yeah. We can get our own like uh, yeah. press box series. Yeah. We, you you joke about that, but we've had that conversation. Like we've had. The Unfortunately, we're probably like, ripping ninety percent of the <laughs> high school press boxes that fit three people in them. Uh, can be a little bit mm. rough. So, uh, Harrisburg last year was seven and five, lost to eventual D three six eight champ Harrisburg in the semifinals. Hempfield will open the season this week at Dallas Town, and kind of like we talked about Central Dolphin for for game two here in game seven. A loss of a big quarterback, Cam Harbaugh, no longer with Hemfield. He's moved on to college, but they do have a lot of other guys coming back for the Black Knights and head coach. How do you say it, Paul? Egger. George, George Egger. Yep. Third season there, and uh, obviously he spent a couple years coaching for the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. and he has got Hemfield moving in the right direction um, which is not what Section One wants to hear. Yeah, I know Coach Dom's always speaks very highly of of George. Played at Manheim Township, played at F and M, and you know they won seven games last year, which and got into districts. Uh, ended up losing to Harrisburg, who was the two seed. They lost thirty two to ten in the semifinals. But you know they beat Manheim Township, they beat Warwick, and people forget they beat Exeter. <laughs> ended yeah. up going to the state semifinal. Justin was, and I just talked about that. Yeah, it was early in the year, so it maybe kind of fell off the radar for some people. Uh, and obviously, a non-league game, but they beat Exeter 17-14. I think people saw at the end of the year how good that Exeter team was. So, I mean, that was that's a really nice season for uh, Hemfield. So, it's a program that's uh, definitely going in the right direction. They... Return a lot, like I said, especially uh, at the skill positions uh, and, and along the line too. Um, probably the biggest one, their kicker Cannon Bisco has a has a cannon for a leg, and he can <laughs> he can really put it through um, the uprights and pin you deep. Um, but it's just I'm looking at the guys returning, man. If 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 Harbaugh was back, he, that would be rough. Thankfully, he's not because he was he was a heck of a player last year for them. Uh, but Hemphill is definitely one to watch out in the Section 1 race, and it'll be interesting to see what they do early in the season as the Bulldogs will uh, 
tussle with them on Friday, October 7th. So I'll quickly run through these next two. Uh, Friday the 14th at Penn Manor down in Millersville. Hello, Sugar Bowl, Justin. We'll get back oh there this gosh. year. Yeah, I uh, missed it last year, so I... Uh... Looking forward to it. Thirty second meeting between the teams, and this is something that always I just I can't believe it. Every year it comes up. Wilson has never lost to Penn Manor. <laughs> yeah. Wilson is thirty one and zero against the Commons. There have been some close games uh, in this series, especially about a decade or so ago. Uh, a few nail biters in there. Yeah, they had a kid, Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell, really yeah. good player. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some really good teams when Penn Manor for about two or three years was the, the team that Wilson had to get past mm-hmm. to continue their section winning streak. They were able to do it, but man, there were some nail biters, especially in 2012 and 2013. Uh, Wilson won last year's game at Millersville 40-6, to and that started Wilson's winning streak. That was the week after the loss to Manheim Central, and the team got it uh, moving then and never really looked back. Uh, Penn Manor is coached by John Brubaker. They were 5-5 five and five a, year, a year ago. Uh, also a team that has a lot back and in, including Paul, you mentioned earlier when you got the quarterback back, that's a big deal. And, uh, that is happening for Penn Manor. So, um, we'll see what they're able to do. Um, it will be interesting to see Penn Manor is another one. It's a big school. Hasn't had a lot of success, but if they find the right guys. Right. And I remember when I was watching that game last year from my back porch, um, <laughs> By myself. Um, I remember thinking about how, like, man, they're playing a lot of young guys, you know, um, and you just never know. Like, yeah, you might take your lumps that year, but you know what that could mean. You know, it does, doesn't guarantee it, but that bringing back experienced guys at lots of positions, you can't really ask for more. Yeah, that was a big season for them. I mean, they were two and six two years ago. And then got to five and five. So that with a lot of young players. Yeah, right. that was big. That was their best season since 2014. Right, so and it was a really good year. Well, there were some rough years early on with Brubaker. Like, I feel like a lot of people said they could kind of see it coming. Like numbers in the youth program and stuff had had been down. Like, so you, it takes time. It's not mm-hmm. like a magical thing. And we talked about that with Redding. It, but if you start winning some games, you start yeah. getting kids come out. Like you, you never know. Yeah. So they knocked off Warwick. I think Joe yes. mentioned that game. Yes. <laughs> they beat Warwick oh, thirty to twenty eight. Last second hail mary touchdown. Yeah. It was yeah. a wa- really wacky game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Warwick was a good team last year. Believe yeah. they beat Manheim Central and Penn Manor knocked them out. So yeah, it was really really weird. I think we said that on the show like every week. We're like, well, this wacky thing happened, right? Um, so after the Penn Manor game, Wilson returns home for senior night against McCaskey. 50th meeting between the Red Tornado and the Bulldogs. Wilson leads the series 41-7-1. And, and here's another eye-popping number. Wilson has won the last 20 in the series against McCaskey, uh, including last year, which was the uh, Army National Guard game uh, on October 8th against uh, the Red Tornado. 59-12, the Bulldogs came out on top. And the last McCaskey win against Wilson was way back on September 26, 2003, in Lancaster, 31-14. to 14. Now, McCaskey is operating under technically second-year head coach Ben Thompson, who was on an interim basis a year ago after the abrupt resignation of their head coach, <laughs> yeah, Sam London. Yeah, he took over at, like, like, this time last year. Yeah, crazy. like, a, like during heat week, I think, was when it, that it was down. It was one week uh, before practice started. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, yeah. It was and, rough. And, and I know this sounds crazy, but they won two games last year. Well, they've had a few years lately where they didn't win any. So to win two games yeah, last they, year. They had a 26-game losing streak yeah, like, until they beat 
Reading in their opener, right. twenty-seven yeah. to twenty. Like, so. and I, I, I just remember last year being really happy for the guy who stepped in and was the coach in a really tough spot. Yeah, to do to get a couple wins, man. And that's I've huge for them. Heard good things about him and his staff too. So yeah. again, another another team in section one that if you get the right people in place, there's talent down there, just mm-hmm. like at Reading. I mean, we saw it twenty years ago with Perry Patterson in mm-hmm. that group. There is a lot of talent out there. Uh, it's just finding the right group of, of 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 adults that can lead them to the proper direction and get kids to buy in. Um, so the last game is the big one down in Nestville on October 28th. Wilson plays at Mannheim Township. 53rd meeting between the schools. Wilson leads that one 39-12-1. And, and the Bulldogs have won the last two, uh, which has led to Wilson uh, sweeping Section 1 the last two seasons and coming out as champions so the last Wilson win last year at Gursky in the pouring rain, awful conditions, 21 to 14. And the last time the Blue Streaks won was September 27, 2019 at Gursky, 30 to 14. Uh, we all know the Blue Streaks are, are led by Mark Evans in his 11th season. And Township did make the playoffs last year, a week after Wilson beat them. They fell to Central York in the District 3 quarters and to finish the season 6-5. and five. And they've got an interesting Week 1 game. They get to go to that new Cumberland Valley Stadium that will be hosting the mm. PIAA Championships uh, to open uh, play this coming Friday. And uh, much like uh, Mifflin losing a Penn State recruit, the ta- township loses a Penn State recruit too. Anthony Ivy is gone. Uh, they actually lost a ton of guys yeah, to graduation, yeah. but they do have their quarterback back. Mm-hmm. Hayden Johnson returns. So, Paul, what do you know about Manham Township? Well, you know, you start with a quarterback. Johnson threw for over 2,000 yards last season, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions, completed 66% of his passes. So he had a really, really good year. Uh, but Ivy was a game changer. I mean, he was just a defensive coordinator's nightmare because you can't teach speed, and he had elite-level speed. But he's gone, and all five offensive linemen graduated. Um, We often overlook those guys up front, but most coaches will tell you that they're the ones that, that win you games. You know, we're, we're so entrenched now with fantasy football that we only really pay attention to skill position guys uh, often. And uh, the fact that they have to replace everyone along the offensive line, I will say this. I thought their record was very deceiving last year. Uh, they ended up six and five. Three of the losses were by a field goal. So, I mean, they, they easily could have had a much better record uh, than they did. And then the, the Wilson loss was a touchdown. So, that's for their five losses right there that were seven points or less. Uh, they ended up in second in in section one. I mean, Mark Evans obviously knows what he's doing. He's been around you know twenty five years overall. If you look at Elko, he right. was there fourteen years, and this will be year eleven at at Township. He's seventy nine and thirty six in the past decade at at Mannheim Township. Uh, and again, having the quarterback back, uh, Landon Kennels back at wide receiver. Uh, who uh, had five touchdown catches a year ago, almost 30 receptions uh, for him. So, um, and and even Central York, I mean, they they gave him a good game in the quarterfinals. It was 26 to 14, and Township was the eight seed. Central York was the one seed. And obviously, Wilson knocked Central York off in, in the semis <coughs> a- after that. But, you know, I, I think 
you know, they're going to be a hard nosed team. Um, you know, Coach Evans and his staff they're going to they're going to do a good job, and to have the quarterback back is is a big plus. It's a big piece, yeah. yeah. And Coach Evans's township teams are the only teams that have really been able to best Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was that loss to Warwick a few years ago by the Bulldogs, but other than that, it's been township. Township's the mm-hmm. only real team in in the LL that has given Wilson some problems in the last five years. And them and Hempfield will be right there again this year. So that's what I'd expect to see from Section One. Uh, probably a three team race, although we just said Penn Manor's got a good group back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some teams that are on the rise with new coaching staffs or new commitments to their program. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year in uh, the LL League overall. There's a lot of great battles in the other sections. I wish we had more time to talk about those because that would be a lot of fun. But Especially two and four. Two and four. Yeah, that's the one everyone points Man. to. So I'm hoping to get to some of those games, especially I'm thankful for why I'm missing playing on Saturdays because it's not a Friday night game where I have to miss. So I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get at least once. I, ha- I think I have the... Uh, why I'm missing hosting Lampeter Strasburg game circled on my calendar yeah. to head over there and it's, watch Coach, want- <laughs> Coach Steve uh, lead his his big boys on the line. Yeah, um, yeah, that'll be a great. LS is ranked in the top ten in the state. Why I'm missing is too. And if you want to feel small, go stand next to their offensive their offensive line. line? Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, saw that, just, saw and it's not stuff. just Javen Williams. I mean, with Brewer and Ziegler, they have three guys there that are between. 280 and 305. I mean, when I was at practice, I thought I thought Caleb Brewer was bigger than Javen Williams, who's listed 6'4", 305. And so uh, sometimes people say, oh, they're a 3A school, as if all, all their linemen are 150 pounds. I mean, <laughs> if you believe that, you're just not watching them. And um, the report I got from their scrimmage, by the way, they scrimmaged North, North Penn. Penn. Yeah. They were moving the ball. They 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 were they were running the ball effectively. They just had two fumbles, one around the ten and run one around the twenty, going in for scores. I was told that the the score during the scrimmage part was twenty one seven in favor of of North Penn, but it wasn't like they were stuffing Y missing. And Y missing was moving the ball. North Penn also has a receiver committed to say, Georgia. North yeah. Penn's got some big time talent yeah. too. But that was a heck of a scrimmage for Y missing. Well, you know, uh, Coach Steve was in the sandwich shop on the end of the week last week, mm. and I asked him, I was like, oh, "Who you guys have this week?" He's like, "North Penn." I was like, "You guys have North <laughs> Penn." Yeah. All right. Talk about uh. Uh, an incredible off-season or pre-season yeah. uh, you know, scale for them, and, mm. and they and from everything I've read and seen that they were uh, they were holding their own and, and looked fairly good. Just like you said, turnovers got the best of them. But again, just a scrimmage, yeah, right. A, a lot of things to go, but I mean, it shows that they can compete with the bigger enrolled schools. Mm. So. Well, Paul, um, I think that's it for the season preview. Um, that Wilson had the Coatesville scrimmage yesterday. Um, Justin and I were there for that. Justin was filming it. I took some pictures. Uh, I do say, well, I don't like that Wilson is playing Mifflin on a Saturday afternoon just because college football Saturday, high school's Friday, by and large. Mm. No disrespect to why I'm missing there. That that's not a shot. (laughs) It's just Wilson Mifflin should be on a Friday as it's been for most of the last, what, 30-some years. Uh, It throws up the schedule. I know coaches on both sides do not like it. However, from a completely selfish standpoint, my pictures are so much better in the sunlight 
I, I was loved. He was, he was giddy oh yesterday gosh. before the game. He well, was like, oh, this light's perfect. When I was <laughs> taking those pictures yesterday, just so crisp, because I don't have the type of gear that, I was that, standing you know, on will... top of the press box, sweating through my shorts. Like, <laughs> it was so hot. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Uh, like, I don't have the gear of, of Fred and, and Willie and all these great photographers Bill that come Snook. out. Right, Bill yeah. Snook. Yeah, great, great stuff. I just don't have that kind of talent or equipment, whatever. But yesterday, I was feeling it. I loved the picture. <laughs> you were in the zone. And I was thinking, I was like, I Mamba the, mentality I, I, I from get, the photographer. I get Wilson Mifflin at 1 o'clock on a Saturday, and as long as it's not raining, this is going to be good. You were like the Mike Singletary of photographers. <laughs> so I am looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, so Wilson Coatesville yesterday, a um, couple, couple Wilson players didn't play, dinged up this week. Um, it it it's funny you said like how how did they look i'm like that's a loaded question because one it's a scrimmage two they're very vanilla there was no preparation done for this game because you don't prepare for a scrimmage you just go out and play you want to see how what the kids can do not necessarily be worried about the opponent coach is going to be a very good team Mm -hmm. this year Uh, they have a lot of very good skill players uh wilson gave up two big touchdowns which is unfortunate one against by and large, the, the starting defense where there was some miscommunication um, and they had a big run. There was also a big passing touchdown from Coatesville, um, which I do not believe was against the starters. But overall, I, I wasn't I didn't come out of that down on the team, which I think a lot of people expected when you talk about like, oh, they gave up two touchdowns and didn't score. I was very, very pleased and excited by the play of both junior quarterbacks. Um the team and the coaches will not commit to who's going to play. And we saw both Tommy Hunsaker and Adam Woods get all the, the, the ones time, all the varsity time um, split pretty evenly and both looked really good. Um, Which you said, well, they didn't score any points. How can they look good? It's not just about that. You're looking for poise, uh, commitment, leadership. Like the one drive because of the punt in the live action started at the Wilson one. Oh yeah. And they drove and ended 80 yards later when time ran out. Yeah. You know? oh, so like, yeah. did they do like two quarters running they clock? Did. Yeah. So they yeah. did 10 and 10, 10 and turns. Right. So twice. for people who are listening and are familiar with scrimmages, it's not, you're not playing a full game. No. no. They no. do the 10 plays, 10 plays. Yeah. Whether no. you score or fumble, you know, turnover, yeah. it doesn't matter. You the offense, defense, each gets 10 plays, usually twice. So they can rotate guys. And then they do what they call a like game situation with mm. the refs and down and distance and things like that. Uh, Wilson got pinned at the one, and by the end of the second quarter or fourth quarter, whatever you want to call it, they had driven all the way into the red zone, but mm-hmm. just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, play calling would have been different if the clock actually mattered. But yeah. I, I was very, very pleased with the the, the junior quarterbacks, and um, it's a tough decision. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, uh, but I don't think that the coaches would bat an eye if one would have to play over the other because they want one of them on defense. They're both very good safeties as well. So I know people are very interested in what's going on at quarterback position. I don't have an answer for you. The coaches aren't willing to give that, and maybe they're not even ready to make that decision. Um, but both of them looked really, really good yesterday. Was Cleveland Harding the number one back? He was the number one back. Yeah. Uh, we did see a good dose of a well-marker as well. Uh, he looked very elusive and shifty and made some really good decisions. Uh, he made people miss. Uh, he, so Cleveland and Amir are going to be a, a great duo for Wilson this year. Didn't get to see Nick Fiorini. He missed the game um, with a, an injury. Uh, but Christian uh, Duarte Diaz also got some carries in the backfield. Um, and then the big uh, defensive player that that didn't get to play was Landon Farrell. So mm-hmm. they're missing uh, one of the linebackers. Um, 
but overall it was encouraging. The coaches were pleased with uh, how things went. Um, obviously they know there's things to fix as Roman Catholic comes calling, but um, looks like they're ready to go with the, the first week of practice and scrimmage over and, and behind them and get ready to roll into the regular season. Yeah. And it's really tough to evaluate those games looking at offenses because the coaches, they don't want to show anything right. to the week one opponents. So, yeah. Like the scrimmage that I was at uh, afterwards, you know, the coach said, we have all this RPO stuff. And we didn't run any of it. Today. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I mean, they're just well, they're not going to do that in these yeah, scrimmages because I mean, then it gets on film for the right, you know, teams to look at. And from a Wilson perspective, I think there was one play that was called for Cam. Mm-hmm. Like, you think Cam's only going to get the ball yeah. one time in, in, in a regular yeah. season game? I, I think, doubt what that. What did Coach Don? Did he tell me sixteen to eighteen touches a game? game? That's well, he that's... had one yesterday in the scrimmage, so that should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> I mean, I think they essentially ran the same like six plays, just maybe to different sides of the field. Like it was, yeah. it was very vanilla, very basic, as they were just trying to figure out, you know, who are the five offensive line starters, who mm. are the what wide receiver groups are going to rotate in, which quarterback are they going to go with. Um, so I'm hopefully questions were answered for them and they didn't open up any, uh, new ones, but let me we'll ask see. you, because we know about hop and Dendel coming mm-hmm. back. What about the, the other three in the offensive line? So as of right now, it looks like, so, um, Jack Dendel jr. Will be the left tackle. Um, and Brendan hop, the senior will be the returning right guard. And at the moment, it looks like Logan Kurzweig, who is also a junior, um, is manning the center spot. They have moved. Um, Ryan McMillan to the left guard spot. Mm. Uh, he has changed numbers. He was supposed to wear number four. He has been shifted to 52. Okay. Uh, so he is at left guard. At really the good linebacker. Too. Uh, also a junior. And yeah. then the right tackle is a junior, AJ Matta. Okay. Um, so four of the five offensive linemen for Wilson this year are, as of right now, juniors. Mm. Uh, Zach Weitzel, a senior, also rotated in there at center and guard. Um, Derek Reininger, a sophomore. Um, played some tackle, but I, he's pretty position flexible and could play almost anywhere along that line. He was getting some time. Um, a senior, Caden Cook, also as well, um, saw time at guard. So I think they have about a seven, eight man rotation or guys competing for time. But the first five I mentioned is what I'd expect to see at Roman Catholic, barring any setbacks this week. Um, yeah. But I think putting McMillan in there solidifies things because I, I I was really impressed with him as a sophomore at linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think you know and, and you know watching that those two guys on the inside at linebacker, I mean they, they they should be racking up tackles this season. But I think he's a physical player and you know I, I think that'll help them on the offensive line. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully they can gel this week then as I think the move by the staff to put McMillan there was a, more of a recent development um, in the last week or so. I mean, it may have been talked about, but I don't think it had been initiated judging by him wearing number four all off season. <laughs> um, so hopefully they have time this week to really gel and come together uh, to take on uh, Roman Catholic this Friday. So, well, Paul, I appreciate you joining us. It's always a blast when you're here to, uh, have your knowledge of the high school game and, and Wilson's opponents and everything going on in Burke County. So we will make sure to stay in touch with you this fall. And I'm sure we'll get you back on the program. But I feel like last year when we had you on, it was always like a downer episode. <laughs> it was early. It was early on in the year. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So th- that should be, you know, a great reminder for fans. You know, they started two and three and then didn't lose again until the district final. 
against Harrisburg. So, um, and I, I think when I look at their non-league schedule, I, I really think three and one uh, is not out of the, out of the question. That I would mean, be. I mean, I think I think everyone would take that. I mean, no, yeah. everyone. We won four now. I know you won four now, yeah. but you're playing some good teams. And with the way they've, I mean, they've been the best team in section one of the LL. Clearly, I mean, I think we all agree. Manheim Township's good, but I think they're the favorite. So if you know that about your league games, and you go three and one in non-league, that's a really good regular season. Yeah, people would be ecstatic with with nine and one. And that's how you get home playoff games, right? right. Exactly. Right. So yeah, that second season very important. So we'll see. I mean, excited for kickoff this Friday night, August twenty sixth at Gursky Roman Catholic coming to town. And again, before the game, uh, this district is honoring longtime athletic trainer Doc Moyer. So make sure you're there by 630 to, uh, to watch that. So again, Paul, thank you. Yeah. Best of luck. Flies by. <laughs> Best <laughs> of luck to you in your coverage. BurkeSportsReport.com is where he puts his uh, player interviews, coach interviews. And what we're all waiting for is the first Roberts rankings Could of the season. Could be tomorrow. Uh-oh. Oh, there's man. the little tease. Oh, man. Spoiler go. alert. Get ready for everyone to jump down your throat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know it. You yeah. know it. So Can't but, please. What was the Dylan line? Can please some of the people some of the time. <laughs> other people other times. Can't please all the people all the time. <laughs> Well, there you go. So I'm excited for Robert's rankings release and the Wilson football season. But that's it for us here on episode six of our eighth season. We will be back in one week time, Sunday, August 28th, as we recap the game against Roman Catholic and look forward to the game against Central Dolphin. So, Justin, anything to add? No. No, he's done. He is out of here. He well said. checked out. And we are leaving. So for Paul and Justin, I'm Joe Mays. Until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.